0: my timing for releasing these episodes is just all over the place thanks to the super league because the plan was to put this one up with Shah to capitalize on her viral twitter fame um if you haven't seen it i'll post a video when i put this episode up of uh soul roll to the left little shimmy open the body up wrapped it top corner far side very very good goal from a very very good player uh Char, pleasure to to chat to you in here bit more about your journey into football um, and specifically talk about some of the rehab processes um, that we did together. Um, I, I'm excited to, to have some more sessions with you at some point and I'm sure I'll catch up with you soon. Uh, enjoy this episode with Jeanne Amoten.
1: In primary school I remember being in a team of all boys. I was, I was the captain actually and I remember just I, I felt like, you know, as a girl, you had to prove yourself. And and at first, that was kind of daunting to me. And I remember my primary school coach was like, listen, just listen to Jar." basically, <laughs> just listen to Ja. And, and I think that type of confidence that the coach had in me made me kind of, um, I don't know, relish the opportunity to have that type of pressure on me. So I think, yeah, primary school, being in like a league, uh, a primary school league, And um, playing each week was probably, yeah, my earliest memory, I think.
0: And then through school, presumably you get to the point where you're starting to play, well, you might have been playing with all boys and then, what, mixed teams or or girls teams?
1: Do you know what, which is weird, I didn't actually start playing girls football until I got to secondary school. So for me, um, throughout primary school, there was no mixed team. Well, obviously there was a mixed team because I was in it, but there was no girls team. We didn't have those provisions then at all for women for girls football at all so then when I got to secondary school that's when I was scouted in year seven by a team called Rainbow FC and that's when I started to play girls football and started to get into like grassroots football that way.
0: Is that team still going? Are they like still still about?
1: So no I think this and this is probably something that we'll touch on but I think they got to about 15 years old I had left by them but I know they they had played up until about 15 years old and then they had to kind of disband because the girls weren't really interested. I know they kept on with a younger boys team but the girls kind of they kind of became a bit disengaged and obviously then they just yeah disbanded.
0: Such a common story basically. Yeah. Play until maybe 10, 11 maybe just breaking into secondary school and then there's not enough girls for a girls team or to like continue in the way that it's been done previously, but simultaneously yeah. there isn't the like will to make it happen. There isn't the like, okay, well maybe if we got players from here and got players from there, and then maybe we could be a bigger, like a bigger sort of setup. and like, yeah, just the the, the dropout rate, I guess, for want of a better phrase with like yeah. that age just seems to be, seems to be so high. When you were kind of, I guess, 15, 16, and you're starting to play 11 a side, how often were you playing? And was it training and playing with a regular group of players?
1: I think when I got to 15, 16, this is when it really picked up. And, and also something that I noticed was like area in terms of team. So when I was in primary school, I went to primary school, um, I went to Kentish Town Primary School, which obviously based in Camden. And then when I moved to East London, I noticed that there was a lot more provisions for girls football. So a friend of mine was playing for this team uh, called SNT Academy. And I was uh, 14, 15 at the time. And I went to a training session. And the coach wanted me straight away. So I went to the training session on Thursday. And then on Sunday I was in the team. And then, and then I started playing for them. So, like, straight away I was I was a starter. Um, and, yeah, and then that continued. We So that season I played with them. We won the League and Cup. And then the next year I stayed with them. And we went and won the League and Cup again. So that... I think that period for me in football was mad. It was probably the highlight of my life, really, because I think we had a team of girls from different backgrounds, different, you know, it was a hot, different vibes, and and we all came together, and yeah, it it was just good. I I just remember I I think I was captain the second season. It was just such a good season. It was such a good season. I had a really good relationship with the coach, so it was a really good season. it was a really good time for me
0: having success obviously means that you remember things fondly but even the way that you talk about like the other players and relationships that you build with with players is just so unique to to team sports at that sort of age as well when you're like you've got all sorts of things going on in your life like to to have football going well is 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 so
1: important so a year before I went to uni uh 17 year olds could register for the women's for the women's team So my coach had taken over managing at Haringey. So he took, I guess, the best players from his young team into that team. And so I'd been playing with them for a year. And then uni came and I really wanted to get engrossed in the uni experience. So I decided that I wanted to leave that team and and that didn't go down well. Obviously, I had a really good relationship with him. He had a plan because they were, you know, if we had... If they won that league that year they would be going up to play like Norwich and all those kind of leagues so he wanted me to stay on so I wanted to concentrate on uni and and getting into uni football so I left that team and I went to uni and I actually started uni football as a centre-back so uni and then uni football came life so uni it, it, football was always still a big part of of my life during uni it was still it was still really good
0: mm-hmm. most people think of me as like midfielder maybe Maybe if not right in the middle of the pitch in attacking areas, how did that transition to play as centre-back come about?
1: Yeah, it was a weird one. So I sometimes think in a team, you can either have too much midfielders or you don't have enough. I missed the trial for some reason. And then I went to a training one week and they asked me what position I play. And I said, I play center midfield, but I can play anywhere. So they said, can you can you try centre-back for us? And I was like, OK, like, why not? Like, I tried it. I think that year as, as a defender, I definitely developed that side of my game. Like I won player of the year at the end. It was really good for me to develop that part of my game because you're the last line, you know, you're the last line. If the ball goes over you, you're then you know, kind of screwed. So I, I learned a lot in that year. It was good. It was really good for me.
0: I feel like now if you were to think about the skill sets that like, a central midfielder has, it makes sense that you would want those skill sets everywhere. Like, to have players who can know what's going on around them, receive the ball on both sides of their body, range yeah. of passing, like, definitely you would want you would want that everywhere. Um, and I think it's a fun exercise I do sometimes. Like if you could clone a player and have t- 11 of them, which, yeah. which player would you clone? Like, who would be, like, if it was, like, a team of De Bruyne's or, like, a team of Van Dyke's? Or-
1: it was interesting for me because also I had a really good um, centre-back partner. I, th- I think she was actually a centre-back. And um, I, I don't know, I just, I learned about your body position and how, you know, you have to defend in certain situations. And I think, as you say, like people outside of uni were quite shocked that I was playing in centre-back because that's not really the role that they associate me with. But it's good to be versatile. And as a midfielder, you know, being able to play those positions, I think it just it enhances your game. So, yeah, it was good all around, really.
0: How many years did you play? All
1: of the three years whole three years
0: and you said that there was a you ended up playing in goal for a bit of it
1: yeah so in third year we lost our goalkeeper I think she left the yeah she left that year she graduated and um I was in my third year I thought um yeah why not take one for the team kind of thing and um I actually did really well (laughs) you know I actually did really well um I remember there was one game I think we went to Sussex or Surrey and there was like this crazy one-on-one and I just made myself really big but I I don't know how I knew how to make myself big maybe it's from watching football but um yeah nah I, it was fun it was fun uni football was fun
0: you might have seen a goalkeeper do a certain thing and then you just instinctively tried to replicate that
1: it's, yeah
0: is so important particularly if you're you know fairly early on in your development as a goalkeeper and by that I mean yeah. like, you've never done it before so yeah. there's there's no other way for you to try and to try and do it um and I wonder, like, when you think about how much time you've spent practising stuff, how good can you get at a skill without mm-hmm. trying it in a game?
1: Mm. Um, do you know what? That, and, and for me, and not to, like, toot my own horn, I don't actually, I've not done a lot of practising outside of football. So I don't, I'm not one of those players that will go in a park and start, practicing skills or anything like that I don't, I've never really been like that it was only this year obviously working with you I started to practice certain things just to get back into it after injury but I've now nah, I've never been a player that practices a skill or certain skill it's very um yeah it's just sporadic in a game you know I remember one time I did something and you asked me to do it again and I was kind of like do I do that again So yeah things like that but I think if I was that player, I think I think there must be a relationship, you know. I think if you if you are someone that diligently practices stuff, I think that's like Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo is that type of player, like he will practice and he'll practice. Whereas Messi is just like he just gets on the pitch and just does it. I think that's that's like the two schools of thought there. And I'm probably a Messi player.
0: Not a bad comparison. <laughs> you spent a decent amount of time out. Um, yeah. Do you want to just give us a a bit of context, I guess, as to what the injury was, how it happened, and how you found the recovery process.
1: If I start how I think it happened, I think it is just a lack of like outside preparation and outside upkeep of my knees. I think I've been prior to that season I played football back to back seasons for a good three four years, and I don't think I did enough upkeep out outside of that to make sure that I was in the best you know best position and and the fittest you know so that match that I, I injured my um, knee on I'd already been injured so it was January last year and I had a like a uh, my IT band was a bit sore on my the other leg actually it wasn't actually the same leg but like I was just a bit unstable but um, I gave it two three weeks and I was like okay I'm ready to play so we were warming up on the pitches next to uh the main pitch at um this I think it's it, it called the spotted dog or matchday centers in Walden, so. and I don't and I no one was around me at this point I remember we were warming up and I think it was like a possession type of a uh, game and I don't know I someone went past me or someone was in front of me and I tried to move and my knee just popped out and then um yeah so when I and then when I got the diagnosis basically it was just it was a kneecap dislocation and I had sprained my MCL in the process so that was that okay I knew that um it was going to take a while because that that's probably the worst injury I've had so um I knew it was going to take a long a long while to come back and um yeah the recovery I think because of COVID that was kind of the silver lining of COVID really is that I had time to recover I had time to um you know, rest it, I had time to uh, think about a real rehab process back and obviously, and then I ended up working with you. But I think prior to that, I knew that I had to I had to find a way back kind of thing. So it was always that as soon as I got injured, okay, I, I will rest it, but then how am I going to get back to football kind of thing. And then, yeah, luckily you came along. You can
0: go so, like you played football for so many years, without yeah. getting hurt and probably as a kid even more where you're just like yeah la da football four mm-hmm. times five times a week and yeah that's what happens and you just play a match and then you win or you lose but you just go home and you do it again and then yeah. as soon as something serious like a, you know like a proper injury comes along it's such a such a reality check
1: it yeah. is I think that's that's the thing I think even at, at grassroots level maintenance of of your body is so important still because the injuries that you can still, you know, can can get are still very serious and I think that's probably what needs to be promoted and, and talked about a bit more that um, even at this level you need to be really careful because you can really have some serious injuries.
0: One of the things that I find really interesting is how, basically, if you want to be like a really good grassroots player or you want to play for mm-hmm. a really good grassroots team, you have to be in the in terms of the landscape now like men's football women's football every sort of football you have to be like regularly training you have to be doing your own stuff whether it's runs training in the gym whatever you have to be watching loads of football you have to be talking to coaches about what your role is going to be on a match day in a way that like when I don't know even maybe like before I went off to go and play university football it would just be yeah just turn up like See, no, no, no planning about what we do on set pieces like none, none of that but then now I think about like like a coach of grassroots team so it's obviously different from a coaching perspective but like the idea that we would go to defend a corner and people wouldn't know what they're doing like that terrifies me
1: mm. see that was that was that was literally what it was when I was playing when I was playing um, when I was like 14 15 I set piece um, marking and stuff. It was just like at the start of the game, you do this, do this, or, or my coach would be shouting, Ja, you go here." And do so, so fast forward to now, and people are like, "Well, this is what you do, and you zone, or and you this, and you that." And I'm like, "Wow, well, okay, there's a lot more to it because I really just rocked up and was just, it was vibes." <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you used your experiences as a player to to influence the way that you talk to other players and and coach and communicate ideas?
1: I think. You know, I think I would have, I I definitely want to expand more on coaching. That's the first thing I will say. I think there's a lot to learn, and um, I think it's something that I will definitely branch into in in the next, yeah, in a couple of years. But I think for me, it's the main thing is confidence because I know when I'm not confident, I'm not going to play to my strengths. I'm not going to do the things that I would normally do. So I would mainly just just in try to instill confidence in the players to to play their game. To go out there to enjoy it to like you know we're we're at grassroots level but um yeah go and enjoy it go and enjoy it and and yeah um in midfield i would say one of the things i do think about is what my coach told me about being disciplined because we used to play a four four two, and before before him coaching me like i would bomb forward with my midfield partner and then <laughs> the ball would go, and we'd have to be do this mad recovery run because we've left the space. So that's something that I always remember because it happened when I first started playing. for him. it happened quite a bit, and I was like, ah, oh, do you know what I mean? That if I if one of us had sat, we could have we could have saved that. But um, so yeah, that's something in midfield that I would, that I do say to I was saying to the players like, someone sit because you know if it goes then we're gonna have to bomb right the way back. So yeah, that was something that I was I would say yeah.
0: Do you have a a favourite formation to play in now as a player?
1: Yeah, probably the 4-3-3 just because I would actually like to try playing in a team that had wing-backs. I don't know where I would play in that, but I would actually like to try that because obviously I see that in the Premier League and I just think I've never played that. It'd be interesting to play with wing-backs, but um, yeah, I'm... I remember speaking to you, and we, and I was asking, where do you think I, where do you think is my best position? And now, actually, I don't particularly know. I kind of think somewhere between CDM and CAM, or one of the two, or or at a point, maybe even a striker. I don't know, but um, yeah,
0: not necessarily having a favorite position not a bad thing at all, right? Like I was yeah when when I speak to coaches, and we start when we, we're talking about formations or systems or blah, blah, blah. Like, it's all dependent in my opinion anyway it's all dependent on who the players are you can yeah. have a favorite formation but if like if i really want to play a 4 one but i don't have you to play number 10 then i'm probably not going to be as willing to to try that you know the reason that you talk about it like that is just like somewhere between there or there or maybe even striker is being in the middle of the pitch means that you're most likely to be involved in everything that's going on yeah the number of players who could say that is probably a lot smaller than than you'd think because the majority of the game, you're not going to be on the ball. You might be involved, but you're not going to be on the ball in possession. Um, yeah. It's funny, There's you, you can, I'll send you the link to go and watch it. There's a really interesting video where Marcus Rashford's talking to Rhea Ferdinand about mm-hmm. like, they're just chatting about like kind of wide players and number 10s and strikers and they're getting, moving towards the idea that like, okay, these are kind of, fluid positions and you might have a team where your left winger becomes your striker who 10, yeah. pulls that wide, whatever. And Rashford's like very big on having your most creative players in the middle of the pitch. Um, and I, th- I find that really interesting because if you think about where space opens up for good dribblers to, a- to attack, it's normally in wide mm-hmm. areas, but he's like, but if you put them in the middle then they can do it everywhere.
1: Right, right. I get
0: that which which are which is which is interesting you play a lot of of fives and sevens and eleven aside um what's your what's your favorite format
1: oh do you know what over the last year or so i've really started to like fives i think fives has really developed me in attacking way especially um because it's rapid you know it's just like if they score you've got to score so it's really just rapid it's really up and down and um I think fives gives you the opportunity to kind of just to get a bit sharper just you know become much more quicker and I noticed when when I was playing a lot of fives I was a lot I was a lot sharper especially with shooting and 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 you know getting past players I was definitely a lot sharper so I would definitely say fives fives is really fun for me before I knew about even women's 5 side I was playing with some guys at Sobel and that was from like I would say 2015 right wow, up to 2017 and that was really good like obviously that's very raw like that's just people from the area that have just come down to play um and I think that um I really enjoyed that because I know it's playing with guys they don't give you time especially once they know that you're good they don't give you time so that 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 sharpens you you know in an instant because you have to you have to be on your P's and Q's, so I really enjoyed that.
0: When you go into a five-a-side pitch, that you can't really hide anywhere in a way that maybe on no. a side pitch you can. You could sort of, I don't know, if someone's not, maybe you could tuck them in behind uh, mm. a really good wide player, or you might put them inside a really good centre back. I don't know. Um, yeah, a side, it's it's one v ones everywhere, and literally it's all the time. You've been playing five-a-side a bit more with with laces. Have you found that?
1: I have, yeah. That's that's always good. I mean, I've known, I've I've been with Laces for a while. I've kind of, I've I've been there, and then I've gone to Eleven Aside, and and I, it's always been a base for me. So I think it'll always be like that. But yeah, I enjoy it. Definitely enjoy. Um, 5 a five aside with them, and also tournaments. They you know they always have tournament tournaments going. So tournament football is really fun as well. Like the last last was it last? No, it wasn't last year. It was 2019, the festival of football. I think that is one of the best tournaments I've ever played in. It was it was good. It was really good. So yeah. How
0: did you get involved with Laces initially?
1: Oh, so it was through school. So I think I'm sure it was my PE teacher. She told me about um a team that was training in Petche on a Thursday and they were like wanting more young girls to come down. So I remember her telling me that. And I think the next week I went down to Petchi. Um, and I met Katie and then I just started going there and it was really good for me because because it's a lot more relaxed and it's a lot more about you know being inclusive and just providing a space um, I just made a lot of friends and um, yeah I made a lot of friends and a lot of a lot of the people that I met there I still talk to now so yeah it was just a really good space to make friends and everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, from the outside looking in, like, Laces is just flipping unbelievable. Like, I've met Katie a couple of yeah. times and she's obviously, like, a, you know, hero.
1: What award what did, what, what did she get? She won some awards. Oh, she was nominated for an award. Oh, I should really know this. I know it was... <laughs> oh, it's like, Superstar of the Year. Or no, I'm not, I don't want to make it up. Big. Yeah. Something big, something really big. Um, no, Katie, honestly, I think from... From when I met her until now, she's always been a big support. And, and what I like about her is that no matter where I went, even if I you know went away from Hapney Laces for a while to play 11 a side and you know, take it a bit more seriously, she, it was ne- there was never anything. She always um, supported me in, you know, up until this day. So I think having someone like that in your corner, I think it's important for young girls, definitely. She was really important for me in my life, yeah. I think
0: the way that like, I'm experiencing football at the moment, is yeah. so different to how I've had to think about it for such a long time, which is there's no coaching, so there's no games going on, so there's no right. sessions. The only coaching I'm doing in person is one-to-one. Right.
1: Um,
0: and thinking about how to maximise like an hour, maybe 75 minutes with different players is so, so, wow. it's just such a different type of planning and execution to working with, to working with a group of players. Um, you said like relative, relatively recently was the first time you've like taken the time to work on things, like yeah. by, by yourself. Um,
1: yeah.
0: How do you feel like you've got better as a result of one-to-one sessions?
1: Do you know what I think? After one session, I really realized the importance of a, of like honing in on certain positions, certain situations in the game. I think we did. I told you about throw ons. And what and 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 what I really like about our sessions is that you can think of pro- progressions on the spot. So if I tell you that I need, oh, I thought about this. I might need to work on this. You can really adapt our situation really quickly. So I remember talking to you about throw ons, and then we started doing throw ons, and and then we and then we mixed it in. Um, I think just just my awareness of certain situations in the game and how and how my role in those situations in the game so I think that was important for me because for me what my coach is what my last coach who was a really really good coach I'm talking about when I was 14 15 what he always said to me is that football is actually played up here it's played in your head and it's and and the players that are the best are the ones that are good up here (laughs) you know with their football IQ and I think that's important for me to have a good football IQ because when, when I get a bit older and my feet don't move as quick as I want to, I'm going to have to have that IQ to do certain things, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think my football IQ has definitely improved.
0: To push back on that, mm-hmm. I think that you you can say it's played up here because your feet are so good, so that you're so good at so many things technically within the game that you can you can afford to think, okay, I just have to make sure I'm standing in the right place or mm. I just have to make sure that I'm not marked or I just have to have a big enough space to put the ball into. Whereas for like, when I think about when I'm playing, I have to think about where my body is in between the defender. Am I going to be in a position to take it on my strong foot? Is the, is the gap huge rather than big? Like mm. all of those sorts of things come into play. Um, can you remember a time in your life where you maybe weren't technically excellent or have you always been able to play the game like you play the game now
1: yeah I even think when I was younger I was a lot more raw in the sense of I had not been coached that much so the things that I was doing was very like natural instinctive and then when I when I got when I was coached I started to kind of refine my game and 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 know like you know increase my football IQ and know certain things but when I was younger, like playing with the boys, it was it was it was just like I just do what I just got I just do what I do really, and I think I've always been technical. But when I did go to centre back in uni, that technicality shifted. A lot of what I was doing was playing really long balls. Like we played long ball football, so the ball would come out to me from the back, and I wouldn't like dribble forward. I would just literally brute one it all, or or dyad to the to the winger or or straight to straight to the striker um it was it was rare well actually no it was it was more common for me because I was an attacking player I would go forward with the ball or would try to dribble into midfield but a lot of the time it was ping ping ping.
0: You talked about like watching football and how you how how watching football kind of has shaped how you play um As an Arsenal fan, what's, Mm. what what do you think has been the impact of watching Arsenal over an extended period of time?
1: Oh, Um, do you know what? I was actually talking about this with my mum. Football, aside from me playing it, watching football is a massive part of my life. Like, I do plan around the Arsenal games. I do, like, I would literally get an Uber back from where I am to go and watch an Arsenal game. Like, that's how, that's how I am. Um, It's... The impact of watching Arsenal has been detrimental. <laughs> no, honestly, it's is when Arsenal loses, I lose. Like I really do lose. So it's it's a it's a it's a massive part of my life. So it's been throughout my life actually, it's been um it's always had a big impact on me. Um my favourite Arsenal team it had to be the team that Rosiski, any team that Rosiski was in.
0: It's funny you mentioned Rosiski because I've like spent a fair well a, a lockdown is lockdown 3.0 as we're recording it so it's very limited things that you can do. So I found myself watching highlights of 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 old games or like mm. clips of um of players. You know, there's like a compilations for every single player you could ever ever want to or you've ever seen play someone's put together like a 12 minute reel with disco music on the back of it. Um, yeah
1: literally yeah.
0: And um, some highlights from It must have been Euro, was it Euro, it must be Euro 2008, when, Mm -hmm. off the back of when Arsenal signed in. Um, And he's, like, he's just doing mad things. He's scoring multiple goals outside the box. He's, like, driving through the heart of defences and, like, finishing 1v1. Um, And, yeah, I guess, you know, it's, like, a bigger point. It's just, like, the number of of good players that can pass through your life as a fan and Mm. then you just sort of, like... Well, yeah, in a case like Rosiski, you remember him. But, like, there are so many... Like, if I think about my favourite Spurs teams and my favourite favorite Spurs players, I'll probably miss off, like, 15, 20 unbelievable players. Just because if, you're support, if, you, if you support a team who, like, consistently are good and have good players,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, then, I don't know, like, the standard and the expectations and the levels that you expect as a fan even go up. Like, if you're saying you, you lose when Arsenal lose... Um, like you, you know, when, when you have a good player and someone who's yeah. really, really changed the way that you think about football and, and, and play, like that can be magic.
1: Seriously. And the thing is, I'm like, and my little sister asks me because I watch all football. So I watch the MLS, I watch the Bundesliga and she'll come in and she'll be like, why are you watching a team that you don't support? And I'm like, do you know what? I just love football. Football to me is very, like, calming it's just very therapeutic and I love watching different leagues obviously have different styles of play and especially with like the other European leagues they are a lot they are a lot less aggressive a lot a lot less physical I think people always throw that out and say that but I think it is true like when I watch the Liga it's a lot more um I would even say technical it's just not that aggressive and at times it's a bit slower and You know, and it's just interesting to watch to see the different leagues and how different styles of football suit different teams.
0: So, yeah. Who are your favourite teams to watch at the moment?
1: I love Barcelona. I actually went to... I went on a solo trip to Barcelona in 2019 and I got to to actually go to a couple of games. And I really like Barcelona. I really like, obviously, Messi. Um, I like the way they play. Um, I like... I like Dortmund as well. I like Dortmund. I like um, I like Lyon in France. I like them as well. Um, I actually I, I like Ajax as well.
0: Um, that Ajax team, the year Spurs knocked them out of the Champions League, I still can't believe we got to the, the Champions League final. That Ajax team mm-hmm. was ridiculous. They were so yeah, good. Yeah, it was. The way they went to Real Madrid and just absolutely like took them apart. Mm. Like, I was just it was amazing it would never happen for me, like, I've t- it's taken more of an interest in Dortmund now Now Sancho's been there and, and like, obviously mm-hmm. in Haaland um, and I was chatting to someone um, today who's a Chelsea fan and we were talking about how like, the, basically the impact of having young players be successful and come through and just straight away come yeah. into a team and be stars there's like nothing more exciting than that yeah and to see like a you know like a young London kid just go to Dortmund and be one of the best players in the league is just amazing are you watching any women's football
1: do you know what admittedly I'm, I'm not I'm not I think my that's the thing I have like a a weird relationship with women's like watching women's football not a relationship but I um I find it difficult to watch women's football sometimes because I don't really see myself in women's football I feel like as much as there's an issue of lack of equality between men and women's football, I think women's football just by itself needs to do a lot more to ensure and, and increase diversity. And I think that's why I kind of have I I love Arsenal women's team, that I must admit, but I'd still feel like I I would like to see more diversity, and and that would really make me happy. But um yeah, I love I love Miedema, I love Van der Donk, who's a really like creative player for Arsenal. So I do follow it, kind of, but yeah, yeah, I I need to see a bit more diversity and work done there for me to really just completely back in.
0: Yeah, I'm coming at this from like a grassroots perspective, Um, Mm. even in the the, the environments that I coach are predominantly white, and that's just Mm. a fact, and that's as a a result of like, you know, the nature of teams getting set up and they're built around friendship groups, which then slowly 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 expand, and the disparities between the men's game and the women's game are like the it's so stark when you watch a game. You just look at the screen yeah. and there's just so few black players, so few brown players.
1: And also, I was talking about this yesterday. Um, I think the effect of COVID on on women's football is going to have reverberations, I think, years to come because I think the treatment of women's football during this time is is just a clear demonstration of the fact that it's just not valued. It's not valued and... It's not taken seriously, you know. So I think there's a lot to be done, but hopefully the people that you talk to will shed some light on that.
0: The way that, like, when the statements have come out, it's been like elite, elite sport, and then mm. referring to like tiers three down to seven in the men's game, and then it's like anything below championship is, mm. is, is gone. It's, I mean, it's gone.
1: Yeah, wiped out.
0: COVID's done. Everyone's everyone's had their vaccine. Everyone's like back to normal. We can play football regularly <laughs> again. What do you think's the, I don't know, the next year, next year or two for you as a player?
1: I um, think just continuing upkeep of my body, actually. Just continuing to actually invest in my body and actually invest in my knees because I need them. But yeah, no, just continuing that because I've, I've realised how important that is and I, I actually don't want to get injured again. So I, I want that to be high up on my agenda But in terms of football, just actually enjoying it. um, Yeah, because I haven't enjoyed it for a little while. And um, yeah, just enjoy it. Wherever I go, wherever I am, enjoy football.
0: What are the reasons that you haven't enjoyed it as much?
1: Well, I think coming back from injury, obviously I was playing at Clapton and um, I'm no longer playing for them. Clap's out the bag. (laughs) But um, no, so what it is, I feel like, when I coming back from a big injury that you know I've come back from, I wanted to come back to an environment where I could just relax and just build up back to where I was. And unfortunately, I didn't feel like I could do that at Clapton, so I wasn't enjoying it. And for me, a big part of football is me being happy. And I think if I was happy, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't even be in my head about my injury. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been anxious about it. But I was and and for me, that just meant that I need, to, I need to step away so that I can start enjoying it. So that's
0: kind of the long short bit. I'll send through the oh Golden God. registration papers now.
1: <laughs> go ahead, I'm a free agent.
0: <laughs> the way in which COVID has changed lives forever, we'll probably not know mm. until there's big studies and interviews and everything that will unfold probably over the next, I don't know, decade, next few decades. But the mm. immediacy of not being able to go to a gym the immediacy mm. of not being able to do any sort of like group training is so jarring, and it's so yeah. it's so hard. Like it's just hard. Like I'll say it openly,
1: yeah. I fucking struggle with it. And the stop start of it, um, I didn't get into the flow of the season, but I can imagine for teams like Clapton, even Gold Diggers, you know, with the Saturday League, that kind of stop start is just it's not on. It's not it's not good. And obviously I understand why it's needed, but you just it's just well... Uh, it just hurts your rhythm
0: are there other sports other forms of exercise that you're like ooh, i'm enjoying that and therefore make that a priority
1: oh yeah well i plan to play badminton i actually told lucy about this i plan to take badminton seriously like and i and actually i've always thought if i didn't play football i would actually take up badminton because i really love it um so that is actually something i want to get into um some badminton doubles singles that'd be fun <laughs>
0: Have you, did you you? played it when you were younger?
1: I played it in secondary school. I was like secondary school champion PE, so I'm trying to like relive relive that.
0: <laughs> Would not have guessed.
1: No one does. No one does.
0: It's just so so different to football. My grandma's had the vaccine now. Aww. So that's like a little bit of a, okay, don't need to, obviously she's, she's not like immune, but she can, we can afford to be like, okay.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: That's nice. Is there a big difference in level between like playing university football and playing playing you know Sunday football for you in the pyramid? How would you what would you say is the gap in in standard between those two?
1: Those Not two big for me. I think it's because the uni that I went to, those big massive like sports unis, Loughborough, some some unis in the Midlands, maybe they'd have a different opinion. But for me. It, was, it wasn't. I actually felt like there wasn't a lot of good players at uni. So you're, a lot of the time, they're relying on good players, hopefully, that come in from, you know, outside. And, there, yeah, there wasn't a lot of, like, decent players. It was kind of people that maybe turned up and, like, oh, I want to try football. But, um, so, yeah, I guess in that sense, there was a bit of a gap between outside and, and uni. At 16, I was really interested in going to America like that I guess that would you could say it was a dream I didn't take it very seriously but that was something that was really in my head and I think um, I don't regret going to uni here because I think that's just what I wanted to do but I do think about what would have happened if I went to America because I think over there they really do invest in women's football and I know a couple of people that have gone and I think um, I don't know I, I think maybe it could have been a good opportunity for me but yeah, I don't regret being
0: here. Just one of those things. You're like, oh, maybe. Uh, like a yeah, crossroads maybe. Crossroads moment. Have I told you about my one of those?
1: No. What? What was it?
0: It's nothing to do with football. You know, uh, <laughs> Gail's Bakery. When they were just getting started, and they'd had like maybe th- three branches. I mm. started doing very casual work for them. I was doing like serving ice cream at some of their events, and I was like handing out flyers for the new branch. Anyway, like two weeks before I was going to go to university. I had a chat with the, I think she would have been partnerships manager or I don't know, something fairly senior. Yeah. Um, and she was like, uh, we want you to be our marketing manager. And I was like 19, I think. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, like just come and be the marketing manager. I was like, I start a uni degree in two weeks. Um, sorry, but like, I can't do that. Wow. And I look back now and I think like, Oh, my God, like I'd be head. It, it, I'd be very high up in a really <laughs> successful bakery business, mm. which is, yeah, a, a definitely a, a crossroads.
1: Yeah, they've really expanded as well, really expanded. They've got so many branches now.
0: Everywhere I go, I just see that big red G, and I think, what if?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Who would you say is the, the best player you've ever played with?
1: Oh, straight off the bat, um... A girl called Anelli, she, we played when I was, yeah, when I was 15, when I was 15 growing up 17, like, she was different, like, everybody says that I'm technical, but she was, like, like, small, a bit shorter than me, she could just get past you, like, so easily, and she would put out, like, four or five step overs, she was just, that was natural, like, flair, and yeah, I, th- I guess the only thing she didn't have was physicality, but like she made up for it with her technical ability. And, and people used to try and hack her down, but she would she would do even more to, and it would frustrate them. It was funny to watch. I'd be like in CDM, like, oh my god, what is this girl doing? But it was so funny to watch. But um, now she was she was such a natural talent, and she actually went to America. And she was like freshman of the year in her first year. But I you know I knew she would do well. And I'm I'm so happy for her, honestly.
0: And best player you've ever played against?
1: Now that's a question. Do, does that have to be played against in, in a match?
0: Or if it was in a casual, a casual setting, that might the story might be more fun.
1: Does it have to be a girl or a guy? No, it just has to be anyone. I guess i is. Okay. I'm gonna say a guy called Kevin. Um, again, technical. You can see I really value technical players, but yeah, he was really technical. Um, like, I don't understand why he didn't go pro. Like, there's so many players that I've, I've played with just out casually. I'm like, no, this is actually criminal that you're not pro. Um, which is quite sad because there's so many of them, especially guys. But, um, yeah, a guy called Kevin.
0: Probably the, the most high profile example is probably of someone who, like, didn't, who, who wasn't in professional football and then all of a sudden... like like Ian Wright is like the best example of it in terms of like like, the best career relative at a relatively late start point um yeah but then like like Jamie Vardy's career is I mean it's just nuts like it would probably never you could if you were trying to like create that career in a lab Mm. you probably wouldn't be able to do it um but and and yeah but he and other players who have like been in that situation where they're just like either playing in non-league or like playing Sunday league up to mm-hmm. a, up to a late in their life, um, yeah. but they'll but they'll talk about the players that they played with and be like, "I was playing with players who were as good as me, and for whatever reason, it it, it didn't happen for them." Um, and there has to be there has to be a way of making sure that those players get picked up in in some way because yeah, they'll slip through the cracks, and it's it's so. It's just sad isn't it to think that like you could have had a career in something and it doesn't happen
1: but you know what then some people would argue that the person that made it probably worked harder maybe they just had that they you were more technical but that person was more hard-working so they just you know there's probably a lot of elements to it yeah
0: that's maybe a, a conversation for another time obviously. yeah definitely I think um I think you might yeah I think you might be right I'm sure that's uh um cool Johnny thank you
1: yeah